What's going on, everybody? So we're back with another episode of, you know, we'll call it the Vet the Bet the Casual, but we got some exciting news here with my boy Paisan as usual. But, you know, as this man gets, you know, a little bit more love for the sport and uh, sees the fighters and gets snowed a little bit, I guess he's had a, what you would call a shift of gears, if you're And we're now taking <laughs> off into the sunset about kind of, you know, I guess recusing ourselves a little bit from so much of the betting talk and maybe getting this met a little bit more in what we call the passion side of the game. So, Paisan, <laughs> why don't you give us a little uh, brief experience, uh, you know, take on that. Yeah, you know, so as my man Suki here touched on it, you know, we love the personal betting aspect of it. You know, it's something that's never going to, you know, change. But the love for the sport is growing. And, you know, as we get into more contact with individual fighters and things like that, you know, it's it, we're kind of pivoting to focus more on that, which is proving to be, you know, a true love and passion for the sport and for combat sports in general so it's really exciting stuff hope you guys enjoy it we'll still be touching on the lines and everything like that but you know it's, it's more focused on the fighters all the hard work but exciting news in. guess what guys so <laughs> it won't just be me guessing lines we know that i pretty much brushed that game right under the floor right i don't need to be doing that no more we've graduated so where have we graduated to my boy here pies is going to be guessing the lines too this man likes it a bit more than i do it's going to be fun we're both going to be throwing out some lines it's going to be great i, I don't think it's going to be as important but you know what it's going to be a great time when we kind of reveal the favorites if you will yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I couldn't see Siraj having all the fun there. So I decided, you know, let's jump in. Let's make a game out of it. We can do a little back and forth. And yeah, so, you know, before we jump into the card, uh, you know, we're just fresh off of UFC 258. That was a phenomenal card. You know, mm -hmm. Kamara Usman continuing his dominance. A lot of good fights on that card. You know, great for the UFC. Anything you saw there that stood out to you? I think that, you know, despite the lack of true surprise or anything like that, I think the big thing is that you saw a version of Gilbert Burns that we hadn't seen in a while, right? Because frankly, the guy looked inhuman. He, he looked mm -hmm. like he could beat anybody in the world. And frankly, that's why he's still getting credit right now as the second best welterweight, you know, in the world, because frankly, he just happened to take on the absolute best and potentially, you know, challenging for the pound for pound. And, you know, who knows where he takes this, but I think that's one of the best things we can take away right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it was a great card. There was an insane upset in that Rodolfo Vieira fight. Mm -hmm. A couple great, yeah, a couple great ones in there for let's sure. Let's talk about so. personal side, but let's... <laughs> what's funny is that they even graded that as a loss for you <laughs> so you oh, know, let's without... say it. should we tell that story oh my god <laughs> let's not single out uh you know I, i'm sure there's other people in the world that saw this but they did not expect him to win so they just decided to cash it out like the man lost <laughs> that's the last little tidbit of the side of the world you'll hear from me <laughs> <laughs> yep you know so without further ado we got vegas uh ufc vegas 20 on deck Another great card there. Some heavyweights headlining that one as well. So. What a great day for Paisan to start picking some lines. Hey, big boys throw it. We're not just talking about the guys who just throw, throw, but throw. Yeah, and, and there's a few of those in this card. So I'm really excited for it. You know, this weekend we got Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis coming up. And next weekend, another card headlined by heavyweights. You know I'm pumped for this. So let's dive right into it, man. <laughs> If you haven't already done so, hit that bell button, hit that subscribe, make sure that shit goes blue. Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff is below. Give us a follow. And yeah, let's jump right into it. Kicking us off, we've got Dustin Jacoby and Maxim Grishin in a nice light heavyweight bout. Do you remember these move. guys? I feel like oh, they've been 100%. so... I yeah, they've been blown up. This is the first card. Yeah. yeah like, this is the first fight on the card. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I felt like, you know, these were two guys you definitely would remember, especially contender series-wise, and then this man stepping in randomly to fight at heavyweight against Marcin Tavira. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but, what the hell was that? Yeah, I was like, none of these are heavyweights except I <laughs> Oh, man, so good. So, yeah, you know, we got Dustin uh, Jacoby on one side, elite, you know, kickboxer seems to be that's kind of – his bread and butter there. It was hilarious watching, you know, some of his highlights and post-interview of his last fight. Man, didn't even remember the uppercut he landed. So, you know, that, like, that yo, was... didn't he look like he was in incredible shape? Because, like, I know you won't 100%. really remember, like, the one that, the, the guy that kind of tried his luck back in the day. But, you know, this man grew and grew in glory. And supposedly that was just a random, like, tournament that he entered. That was a random kickboxing tournament he entered through glory. Ended up, you know, getting a resurgence of a career at that level mm -hmm. that's what got him the contender series look and you know in that last fight man i was just really impressed with like 
how shredded he looked because we had watched him on a contender series, you and I, and that's where like, I was just kind of really convinced like this man is hungry and he, and he, he feels ready. You could tell. Yeah. And, and, you know, you touched on it best. Like I was shocked to see that he was in the UFC back in 2010, mm-hmm. but you look there, this isn't the same human, you know what I mean? It's, it's really not. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, on, on the flip side, we got Maxim Grishin, you know, what a beast this guy is. You know, I, I rewatched that fight with uh, Antigulov and, you know, those those leg kicks, man, that, that mm-hmm. was some technical work right there, man. Mm-hmm. He really wore him down. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with this one against an elite kickboxer, you know? Good question. What was the thought of, what, what's your thought on that finish there? Too early? Was that a good stoppage against Antigulov? Ah, it, it, it's tough. You know, I'm always going to side with safety, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think it was a, a good stoppage, but, mm-hmm. you know, other people might say differently. What did you think? Well, I think that he had his guard up. I think that the moment the strike stopped, uh, he seemed very aware of his situation. I think that was a bad timing thing. I think that, mm-hmm. you know what, you have to give the referee his dues because it's almost like he made the decision not aware of the time which you actually have to consider is maybe a good decision because yeah. if he's letting the strikes go on for an extra three seconds, because it's only three seconds, I don't know if you actually consider that unbiasedly good or bad judging. That's where I kind of hold myself accountable right now, because I'm mm-hmm. personally telling myself, well, fuck bro. He's just three, three yeah, seconds. Man. Go, gotta, this guy looked like he was there, man. I want to see a third round between these guys. So <laughs> that's where I kind of and talk it, a little bit. And you know, that's kind of where the, the passion and love of the game kind of, makes you remove your bias, right? It's like these refs have a hard job and they can't let somebody go in there and get hurt because the scrutiny that they're going to receive after is not worth it as opposed to stopping the fight a few seconds earlier for everybody's safety, right? Man, how much you wish that these judges had the exact same onus? Whew. You could only judge (laughs) fights as well as these guys are refing fights now. (laughs) It's so true, man. That's that's a tough job, man. Some of these end up being super tight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, anything else you want to touch on for Grisham here? Of course. Yeah. I mean, like his two losses are back in 2011 and M1, you know, like that's, that's, that's like a big deal. We got Mason to on mm-hmm. short notice. We just talked about that. He was supposed to fight Alex Romanov. If you remember that guy, he's the one oh, just yeah. laying people out and submitting them against the mat, <laughs> um, you know, and then Ankalev, you know what I mean? Knocked him out for an AFC title. And I just think, you know, entire e- P- PFL career was the light heavyweight division. So these are the little things that are telling me, like, as we're seeing him go on that last little string of fights, especially at the UFC level, I'm hoping that he gets to do some damage, at, at, you know, at, at this weight class. But again, mm-hmm. we're talking a guy, about a guy like Jacoby. So, you know, depending on where, where your heart lies, right? You like the striker, you know, both guys love to strike. I think that the takedown defense, I think Grisham's ability to maybe push him up against the fence is going to play a part if you want to go that way. But again, Jacoby, man, those strikes are looking lethal. Absolutely crazy good shape against Ledette. Finished that fight with absolute ease. The chopping is just too real. You know, like he's absolutely chopping the legs. So again, for Grisham, right? He likes using the leg kicks too, but whichever guy can really mix it up more and maybe get a takedown, get up against the fence and mm-hmm. and see where that kind of part of the fight goes. It's like, where do you give the edge? If, if you like the wrestlers, I mean, Grisham's got that chance, but whoo, Jacoby with those strikes, man. Ooh, that's second yeah, one you, you know, those leg kicks for Grisham ain't going to land against Jacoby. That's so. what I mean. <laughs> you know, let's dive right into guess the lines here. I'm I'm excited to try and guess this one too. I might be completely off, guys. So disclaimer <laughs> there. I apologize in advance. Quick question: Who's checking the line? Are you or me? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Okay. I'll, pull, I'll pull it up right now. I'll pull Tradition, it up. Tra- traditions, traditions. Stick to stick to the guns. <laughs> <laughs> so give me your guess first. Let's go. Yeah, I'll I'm respond gonna, and then let's see. Where I'm gonna at. say I'm gonna say you know uh, I I think the kickboxing is going to heavily favor uh jacoby especially in the line right so i mean if, if you have any background of these two fighters you just maybe give grishan that that edge especially for the fact that he he took on tybura on short notice at heavyweight like you kidding me so i'm, I'm definitely gonna go grishan but i don't see it being close you know to that minus 200 so i'm gonna go minus 150 that's my okay guess. i'm uh, you know i'm simply gonna play devil's advocate here i do believe mm-hmm. that uh jacoby has worked on the aspect of his game that you know get the lines up already cheater out. <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't looked him up. And so, but again, I see, I see this as a pick them. It, it, it's yeah, super hard exactly. to call, so. I'm so used uh, to doing your little game here. So I always, anytime I have like a little edge, I always go with that minus 150. But that's exactly the, the way I'm kind of hoping it goes. But again, you got to yeah, see. And I, I, I'm literally doing this to just go opposite of you. So I'm going to go Jacoby <laughs> with uh, minus 150. I think it's okay. going to be close. I'll go minus okay. 130. All right. So. All right. All right, let's check out those live lines. Jacoby Grisham. Wow, wow. 
Pies, pies on the board here. We got uh, Jacoby <laughs> at minus 170. Actually. There you go. Look at that. So, I mean, so close to I think it's it, it just exactly what I said, right? Whichever way you're leaning, if you're a striking guy, you're probably going to go Jacoby. But if you mm-hmm. believe that there's a chance that the striker can take this to the ground, you're going to go Grishin and you're going to go with the value. Yeah. Like you said, great value there. So, yeah, that takes us right into our next bout here. We got a bantamweight bout between Ronnie Lawrence and Vince Cachero, man. Ronnie Lawrence, we've seen his name pop up a few times, man. This is an exciting prospect. Prospect watch, number six. Yeah, I was going to say, we've touched on him before. If you haven't checked out that video, go check it out. But, uh, you know, we saw him dominate in his Dana White uh, Contender Series. You know, I watched some video on him after and, like, Dana White calling him special and shit. Like, that goes a long way, man. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, right? So when Dana's giving you a standing ovation, when you don't knock a guy out or break their limbs, I mean, come on now. He likes it's like, what he sees. Well, King <laughs> Phoenix, you know? <laughs> oh, man, great reference right there, you know? So Vince on, on the flip side, you know, Vince Cachero, he did lose his UFC debut to Jamal Emers, who we're actually seeing this uh, upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in re-watching that fight, it really looked like, you know, the height and reach gave him a lot of trouble there, man. He was he wanted to get in close and wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. start dictating the pace, but he just couldn't, man. Jamal was mm-hmm. just too long for him. And, and, and he uh, just constantly puts the pressure, right? I felt like the timing there on the mm-hmm. takedowns, even when Kachera was trying to lean in there and leap for a shot, the timing on the takedowns was just too perfect. Uh, the big thing about that, though, is, you know, I felt like Kachero, short, short notice fight, Valiev pulls out, uh, you know, replaces that debut, you know, UFC event. The cool thing about him is that he fought for an interim, uh, you know, LFA title against our boy Casey Kenny, who's getting a, I think, main event prelim bout against Dominic Cruz. So, I mean, wow. it goes to show you how good Casey Kenny is and how close Vince Cachero could have been to, you know, getting mm-hmm. in on a LFA interim title. So, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I'm pumped for this one. You know, the ground game did also seem to be a little bit of an issue for him there. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did you kind of agree with that? Do you see it kind of, you know, improving? hundred percent. So the one thing I, I really loved, right? Hawaiian man. So this guy's going to stand there and bang. You want to bang with this guy? Like, did you, he, this guy took almost a hundred shots in two rounds and came out looking like a Calvin Klein model, bro. Who's going in there and taking those 200 <laughs> punches coming out there looking that pretty, bro. Come on now. His face is bred for it. It's like someone just made him to be a model and a fighter. Like, here, go pick. And so, <laughs> strong the, bone structure, bro. Strong right? bone structure. It's like Maxi Holloway just punching on the sides, but it just comes on the fight with his headbands on. Same thing, man. These Hawaiian boys are built different. And I think that's the one thing that you kind of have to keep in mind, right? Like, we're going to jump into your boy, Ronnie Lawrence, here, but we know what Ronnie's going to do. And that's going to be pace, 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 pace. So if you thought mm-hmm. Jamal Emers was pushing pace, Ronnie Lawrence is about to give you a whole new taste. So yeah. I think, I think Cachero actually has like certain areas like footwork, man. If you can actually work that in and, and avoid like this guy is going to, you know, telegraph those in a little bit of ways. Cause he goes for power sometimes, like even in the early parts of that fight, you know, in, in Ronnie Lawrence's Dana White contender series, you saw, you know, some good defense, uh, at least from, from a footwork perspective. And I think Cachero mm-hmm. might be able to do something along those lines but the leaping punches, the leaving yourself open. Like if you have yeah. trouble with Jamal Emerson's timing, you know, you have to, you have to figure out how you're going to work with a guy like Ronnie Lawrence's timing. And he's very aggressive on the ground. He was going for submissions constantly. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure you rewatched that one too. Oh yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. And, and like you said, as it was a decision, but it was a dominating performance mm-hmm. encompassed all facets of his game. Right. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, I dominated this aspect of it, but he, he had a lot of tools in his belt which were very impressive. So let's see if that can carry over next weekend. Let's jump back into guess the lines. You want, you, you want to do a little rotation here? You want me to go first here or what, how do you want to do this? Uh, sure. I mean, there's a, th- there's a few things that I really liked that, that came up in that fight that I just wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. I mean, DB mentioned a great point. Like when he was constantly fighting the hands on the ground, it was really cool to see because like, this is how active the boy is on the ground. Like he's pushing hands away and landing mm. shots, pushing hands away, landing shots, pushing hands away. Like the activity, it's just, it's so high. And it's because like, you know what? Let me just save us even a bit of time. I'm going to let that lean right into my line because it goes very clearly into what I'm thinking here because I don't think Vegas is going to look at these previous fights and be like, oh yeah, guys, let's let's give these people a chance to win some money. I do believe that they're going to have to, <laughs> you know, be the devils that they are and, and kind of price it accordingly because- I think if you see a line for Roddy Lawrence, anything below minus 250, I think it gets pounded based on what you've seen 
you know? And so in, in their oh, minds, right. I think I'm going to go closer to, to, you know, one of the better favorites on the card. I'm going to have to put him at a minus 300 because, you know, as I said, there's, 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 there's a few ways for Kachura to win this fight. But I mean, if you're going on tape again, you're really studying these, like Lawrence is a, is a tough puzzle to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abs- and honestly, unfortunately, uh, you know, it does reduce the conflict we're going to have. Cause I, uh, I was, I was leaning towards uh, Ronnie around minus 250 myself. So, mm. you know, that, that kind of goes in line with your analysis. Let's uh, mm. let's give a little drum roll, check out the lines. <laughs> Ronnie Lawrence is a minus 175. Wow, so that's very interesting. So, you know what, man? I think we just nailed it, right? I believe that Cachero has the chin. He has the cardio. He has the movement. Like... If you're able to avoid those takedowns, it's a different fight, right? If you look at the way Ronnie Lawrence took damage, there was a really cool thing in that fight too, right? Towards the end of that second round, you can see Ronnie Lawrence kind of get get a really dominant like triangle arm bar, like that double move at the end there. Mm. But still, I think Jose actually uh, jumps out of the way. It's Jose Johnson, right? I think I got that right. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he basically hops right out of that. And But when they're getting up, it's like Ronnie Lawrence gives him a tap. Jose gives him back a tap. It was almost like one of those things where it's like, yeah, bro, you're pretty dominant, but like I could figure something out. In the next round, it's like there was very minimal, like obvious like chance because of how dominant the fight was, but Jose was still able to keep it in there. So mm-hmm. you know what, man? I uh, kudos to the devils for coming through again because maybe <laughs> we're reading too much into what we saw. And, and like we hype, said, yeah, yeah, Cachero's got that, got that focus, he's got that speed. You know, the weight he does fluctuate in divisions. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, let's keep an eye on those weigh-ins because it's going to be a fun fight, man. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think part of the line adjustment there might be the fact that so many of these prospects that we see come in have such massive lines, and, and you know, the vets are able to do a little bit of damage. So it might be a little Vegas influence there to not put this at a minus 250, minus 300, and allow, you know, all the money to come in on Vince. Sure, well said. Especially from that <laughs> perspective, I, I think that's the, the best way to kind of describe why you wouldn't assume why? the line would be so exactly. big exactly yeah for sure and so you know that takes us right into the next bout i was whoa, 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 shocked whoa, 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 to see whoa. that this one is so see, low no but here's the, the thing this is what my, my boy my boy pies is chasing the passion is gonna understand like you go learn today and i think this is one of those cards where like you know for all those fights that you love you know what i mean i think you're gonna see that you're able to judge the quality of you know what let me rank these fights truly and see where i'm gonna get the most action and understand that mm-hmm. let's talk about it what is in the modern day the worst possible fight people used to think it was actually women's mma i think the more reason is to not watch women punch each other in the face at this point but if you look at it i actually let me guess believe- let me guess let me guess, let yeah, me guess. sure 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 he- heavy boys that get tired yeah man who's watching that <laughs> now Back in the day, people were still drunk enough and, and and being like, oh, come on, man, please. Even in the third round, you can do it. I got like a kid sleeping next door. Like I'm only screaming if I'm watching like 20, 20 shot combos and like flying fists in the air, you know? Like, you know hey, Frankie, it's you true. know, a great example, but like it, it is what it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, Unfortunately, athleticism is taking over the sport perfect timing because ESPN decided to take it over too. Uh, so <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's a great time to kind of separate the athletes from the, Hey man, don't fight me because I'll knock the shit out. I got power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, that's exemplified in these two dudes here. We got Alonzo Menafield and William Knight, two dudes who are straight finishers. So much power in this, it, I, you know, like you said, I'm curious to see if either of them can execute that power early or if this does become one of those ones that kind of drags on. And in the third round, it's a, a lot of leaning on each other and, and, and that heavyweight, you know? But I'm actually going to challenge that point because William Knight, for me, mm. man, I it's, it's, it's comparable because I think people learn how to carry muscle in MMA. I think that mm-hmm. is a very difficult thing to train for. I think that's a very difficult thing when psychologically physically all the things that come into play uh inside the octagon that you know equal fatigue i think that's mm-hmm. something you just can't quantify and it comes with experience and i think menafield now that he's fought some of the top guys in the in the ufc has experienced that a little bit he's seen what it means to not just walk into a first round and kind of go crazy like when you talk about his experience right two times on dana white's contender series two first round finishes right one was via doctor stoppage at the end of the first and the other one was inside what i think it was 10 seconds yeah eight seconds yeah. was the finish so you know he's been in bellator he's been in rfa he's been in LFA. 
face. So it's one of those guys where I think he just needed the time to to, to really learn. Those losses don't mean that much. You know what I mean? They're, they're more experienced L's than mm-hmm. big L's. And I think those are the best kind of losses to take in a sport like this. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on it perfectly with, uh, you know, the wanting to get that huge knockout out, you know, throwing those huge punches that kind of open you up and make you a little susceptible. And that's what I kind of noticed in that OSP fight, right? He was landing a lot early and he was actually doing really well, but I think he got a little carried away, tried to land some huge overhand and just got caught, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, you get me hype with that kind of shit, bro. Don't be talking like that. <laughs> Down boy. Just kidding. Uh, uh, so the the main thing I wanted to actually touch on in this fight is, did you watch the uh, the camera fight by any chance for with William Knight? Only reason I ask is because, no. you know, you kind of touched on it, right? When you look at William Knight size-wise, like even being the guy that he is, a little bit smaller probably than the guys he might have to take on based on height, but mm-hmm. dude is just quick. He's powerful. He's an NFL running back at the MMA level because he's able to get low. He's able to use power. He's able to use his legs. Like, you know, the way he was able to control Kemmer against the fence, the way he was able to get some of these takedowns. And honestly, bro, he ended the second round in mount, basically on the verge of breaking this kid's arm. And, 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 his cardio really looked good in the third round. So for me, it's like, this is the perfect test. So like, again, kudos to UFC matchmaking because I think these are two guys where you look at them and you expect one thing, but this is the perfect time for Menefield to prove, hey, do I have what it takes to go those three rounds? Because if I do, then I'm a pretty dangerous guy myself because William Knight is proving that, especially in those close quarters and clinches and stuff like that, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it's one where it can go either way. No outcome here will surprise me. So, you know, let's dive right into those lines. I'll go first on this one. Ah. I'm torn, man. I really have yeah. no idea. This is this is a hard burger, but I'm gonna go with William Knight as the slight favorite at maybe minus one thirty, minus one. It's it's funny because I hate you because in my notes I technically would have <laughs> gone with Menafield, but I've convinced myself based on these previous lines, like hey, maybe maybe the devils have woken up and realized like what's popping <laughs> off, right? And and they're not giving just like these big name favorites with first round knockouts all the buzz. So it's like I was gonna switch, but you know what? Let's see if Vegas is that smart. I'm going to go Menafield minus 160. I cannot see him anything better, but I could definitely see him being an underdog. Oh, right. And so in checking out the line, it is a straight pick them. Minus Beautiful. 110. Congratulations, Pies. So, I mean, like we said, we know exactly what this comes down to. If Menafield cannot end this fight early, mm-hmm. he needs to prove that he can go three rounds with a guy like William Knight who's proving to have power in like weird areas, bro. Like, I don't know how he's just pulling off some of these takedowns and just breathing pretty good for a guy with that thick, you know, it's just, it's really impressive. And I think that's, what's going to make it a fun fight and not the fight that people might expect with that notion of all oh, these who could be two mm-hmm. really muscular guys who, if they don't land in the first two rounds, it's going to be tiring. I really believe yeah. William Mike can go three rounds easy. And I think if that's something that Menafield has worked on, he's going to be back into that dangerous territory of where we kind of saw him over the last like year or two, you know, before he started fighting some Mm -hmm. real big guys in OSP, you know? Yeah. And and this fight will be really telling for these guys career because it's a big one, man. And and any dominant performance I think can go a long way in this one. Totally agree, bro. Perfect. And then, you know, that takes us into our next fight. I'm uh, excited about this one. Yeah. We got a little beaver bias on this one. Uh, out of Col- Colburn, Ontario, man. We got uh, Alexis Davis. I, think I know someone from there. <laughs> <laughs> really? I've never even heard of this. Oh, yeah, no, it's probably a hockey player, and I just saw him on a fantasy site when I tried to look up like how many points he had last year. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. <laughs> Alexis Davis taking on Sabina Mazo. Mazo. Uh, yeah, sorry, Mazo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we got you know this women's flyweight bout. We got you know mm-hmm. the vet in Alexa Davis. We got a nice young opponent in Sabina Mazo at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit about these ladies, man. Well, I think you kind of hyped it up already, right? You, you got a Canadian, uh, you know, let's call her a legend. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, MMA is such a growing sport. And in terms of even females from the Canadian side, you know, it's going to take some time for people to really kind of see what we've, we've brought to the table. But, you know, outside of that performance against Ronda Rousey, uh, it was a rough one. <laughs> But Ronda, you know, did her thing for that little bit of time. You know, she's got the good striking. She, she, she's pretty disciplined in there. I think that she loses fights against great fighters. But 
The big thing for me is when you look at Mazo hype, you know, flyweight champion in LFA, all these kind of things. She defended it once before making her way over to the UFC. And, you know, it's funny, right? We don't rank these people on our prospect watch because once you get to that three fight arena now in the UFC, it's like I could find a whole bunch of people that are probably in that, you know, four to four to one or three and one range that are between, yeah. you know, 22 and 26. Like it's just, it's, or even 30. Like I'll give a 30 year old if he's just, you know, coming to the UFC and starting to find his groove. But, you know, these are the things I really like to look out for. I, I think when you really think about the Kish fight, did you watch any fights with Bazo? That was probably the one where her her youth was tested, just completely mm. bum-rushed in terms of striking and, and trying to weather storms and all that. And you know what? She just did it with, with ease, with pride. Mm. She looked just really calculated in there. I, I, I don't see her being the type that can just string together a bunch of combos. That's the one thing. I feel like she uses her jab a lot. You know what I mean? Like just, just far too much trying to gauge range, uh, sets it up nicely with a right low kick. But at the end of the day, it's one of those, sorry, left low kick. Is she like, yeah, sorry. I'm left-handed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It would be a right low kick. Uh, and then I think that she's pretty, uh, I think she's pretty solid. I, I, I think if you're trying to get tested striking wise, this is a good one, but yeah. you know, your girl, your, your Canadian girl could, could, could have that chance, right? Like striking is going to be the name of the game here. I, I think that Alexis Davis might want to take it to the ground, you know, mm-hmm. experience over everything. Right. Like that's where I just think you have to figure out where you can win the fight on the fly. Yeah. And so, you know, touching on Alexis, you know, I mean, just <laughs> kind of scrolling through her history, she's lost three in a row against some tough competition. You know I what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you, you know, how much of an impact does that have? Did you see anything in those fights that kind of, you know, makes you believe, all right, you know, she, she can give Sabina a good test here. But here's the thing, right? That's the whole whole point why Marion Renault is going to fight uh, Chase. And it's the whole point why, like, these fights are fundamentally, they're tester fights, and they're a good opportunity mm-hmm. for a veteran to try to come in and, and, and beat a prospect. It, it, that is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen her fight for, for, for so long. And... and this losing straight is dating back to like 2019, 2018. So, so for me, I'm just like, I'm appreciative of both girls trying to, you know, get their dues. I just think it's one of those opportunities where you have to say, as a fighter, why wouldn't I take the chance to fight a prospect that I believe I can be? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's where, like, in, in her case, it's just like, if this is a striking battle, I do have a good chance. I think I have an all around game that I've learned over time by losing some of the fights that I have. But then you got Mazo, you know, hype everything. I think that's going to be on her mm-hmm. side. LFA champion of five, like that, that's no no joke. I think the one thing against her, bantamweight, right? This is going to be her debut moving up in weight. So, sorry, straw weight. And so uh, I would say, sorry, what am I saying, bro? Bantamweight. Um, uh, so that's, that's, that's going to be, that's a terrible, terrible uh, faux pas. Uh, I would say that that's going to be the only thing that you're like, Ugh, she gets taken down a lot and it's real easy mm-hmm. to kind of watch the dominance happen. You know that the weight jump might be an issue at this level. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive right into the lines there. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I mean, uh, I'm just going to go right out there. I think Maslow's hype is going to be too real. The gap in fights always mm-hmm. plays a role uh, with, the, with the Demon Boys. So I'm going to go with uh, minus 250 uh, on Maslow's side. Interesting. I was going to go minus 200, so that goes right in line. And uh, Let's get it, baby. Let's see what we are looking at here. Oh, where's my man? Where's my man? What's up, my man? Suki hit it right on the dot. Give me my showcase oh, showdown. You know what? Hey, guess what? Give my boy Pies a bell. Ding a ding a ding a ding 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. It's minus two fifty. We both win. <laughs> oh man, but that's you right. What did we right say? Bye bye, demon boys. Oh, <laughs> uh, curse you! I could. I, you know what? Let's just get right into the next fight too, because that would just pump me up. Your boy. Tiago Moises, you, you are, you, you, how do you feel? Because yo, you, Alex, Alexander Hernandez is the real deal. I, I, I always have said that. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm curious to see what you think right now. Yeah, so it's, it's funny. I remember touching on Hernandez last time and it was right after he had lost to Drew Dauber and we had said, you know, like how many raw skills that this guy has, you know, there's just certain aspects of his game that he just needs to shore up a little bit to become as dominant as he can be. And we saw that in his last fight, I believe against Grutzmeier, right? Like that was, 
that was an impressive fight, man. And, and he really did seem to listen to you and shore up those few things. <laughs> well, the thing about Groot's record fight is, is I, I feel for Hernandez as a prospect, right? Like, let's talk about the losses. Cerrone, uh, rebirth of Drew Dauber, and Jamal Emmers when you're 20 years old. At the end of the day, the kid's the real deal. He's a great MMA mm-hmm. fighter. I believe he's going to be in the UFC for the next 10 years. I think he's only going to lose to elite fighters. Um, and, and Moises it looks, the, looks the part too, right? I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't see either of these guys being the type that goes on these three or four fight losing streaks to end mm-hmm. up outside the UFC. I just don't see it. Because even when you look at Moises' losses you know, in the UFC, Benil Dariush who we now just call the Terminator, <laughs> you and I. Yeah. And, and, and it's Malgulov, who, who is also, you know, I can't wait to see that man fight again. And, you know, these, these, that's what I'm talking about the UFC, right? There's so many guys just hidden till you see them either come up in a fight or, you know, you get, you, you get reminded of all these dudes who are just, yeah. you know, are, are ready to just, let's get it. So uh, I really think this is going to be one of the most underrated fights, potential fight of the night. I really wanted to get your gauge on this one because I know you know both guys. And like technically speaking, we've already said Hernandez has definitely learned how to manage that that weight. He likes to go in real heavy muscular wise. I think that mm. he learned that in the other two fights where he just kind of adrenaline dump in a weird way. Like he just he looked great, and then yeah, the experience of the other two managers take over and power shots start landing right. And yeah, and I, I think this is going to be a great battle between you know striking and grappling, right? Like Moises is great in submissions mm. and stuff, and he, he he makes them sneaky. You know what I mean? He pulls them out when you do least expect it. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the contrast in these. Obviously the one thing that stood out to me, I have to touch on is the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, Hernandez, you mentioned, he's going to be in the league for a long time. And I think his personality is going to take him a long way, man. He's a really humble dude, man. He's, he doesn't talk a lot of smack. He really respects his opponent. Hey, man, you know what's funny is in this moment right now, you know what? I'm going to pull this video up. I'm sorry. We, we might have even had a time. You just said that? I'm gonna have to pull this up. Uh, persona of anything, uh, it's just another day. And, and to me, standing across from Cowboy, I'm looking I'm looking through the fighter, I'm looking at the man, and, and I think the persona and everything is just a big distraction. I just see myself facing an insecure little lad <laughs> swinging on a saddle with a pop gun and a feather in his hat. A little insecure pop what gun, cattle, beauty, fucking whatever, that's good. I can't wait for Saturday, man. I'm excited. Uh, static. Static about Saturday. Static, yeah. We just stood in the back. You didn't have much to say. So if you, if you do... You didn't have much to say either, partner. And I'll tell you this. Little friend, I'll be sending your geriatric ass fucking yeehawing back to the stables on Saturday. You're all buddy-buddy in the back. It's calling how healthy you were nice. saying I do look Pisane. fucking healthy. I look great. You look like you showed the last few times in the fucking Oval Office. You look worn out. You look aged and withered. All right, all right. You look aged and withered. Like, let's remember this fight. Back to the geriatrics. He says, I'm a stepping stone, bitch. I'm a motherfucking. Bro, this boy just got humbled, humbled. You are a jester in the way you're an active participant. You're concerned with entertaining people. I'm on the road of the throne. I'm concerned with kingship. You're a jester. You don't belong across from me as much as you don't belong across from you. You're a stepping stone. Your 40th fight, if it took you that long to figure out what your goals are and that you're meant to be a champion, you're about 39 too fucking late. For me, I've known why I'm in this. I know why. I know my purpose. I know my mission. And I'm 100% committed to one thing. I'm like old day drinking Don over there who's got mixed mistresses and a number of extracurricular activities to hide from the greatest fear in his life, which is in front of him. I focus on one thing and one thing only. I know I'm going to be a champion. He's number two. He's always been number two. I'm going to be number one. One let's just let's just let's just let's just let's just let's just whoop 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 and party party done boy <laughs> and so that's where like Yes, I, I believe that all the right things happened to this kid at the right time. Mm-hmm. He fought the right guys. He learned the right lessons. This kid is already coaching guys at his gym. He's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal kid. I love the guy. And, and I'm mm-hmm. so looking forward to his success at this level because I don't think he's going anywhere. In fact, he's already breeding fighters himself as he gets better. So that's how good we're talking he is. Right mm-hmm. now. 
Absolutely. And this is going to be a great test for him as well. Tiago Moses is no joke here. So let's mm. dive right into the line here. Uh, I'm going to give a little guess here. I do believe Hernandez should be the favorite. Mm -hmm. Not by much, though. So I'm going to give it maybe a minus 130. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the thing for me, it's so funny that you said that because I actually agree with you on who the favorite is, but I actually gave him a higher line for even more reasons why I think Tiago Moises can still do some damage because like you said, sneaky, sneaky ankle lock against Michael Johnson was a great example, but mm -hmm. I actually like his scrambling. I like his ability to strike and scramble your boy, Bobby green. What's his best feet. It's, it is actually a scramble and strike. Yeah. He can do it for all, he can do it for three rounds. And, and Moises really played his game and, you know, questionable win for a lot of people. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm indifferent. I thought the fight was <laughs> you know we felt about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say you, I, I really thought I, you know, it's, it's like, I really felt like you could give it both ends, but I like, like, I remember I told you there's so many people who agree with you. Like there is mm -hmm. so many, because like, I don't even think that I, I had such a lean when I, when I came out of it, you know, like that's the true mm -hmm. fact. And because when we don't watch fights together, it's really easy to have that separated opinion. So, you know, because of those factors, I actually gave him a less of a line of what I think the boys in, in red, AKA the devil's think. And so I was actually going to go with, <laughs> Minus 170, thinking that they won't put him actually a lot higher. So what do we got here, my man? All right, you win this one again. It's uh, minus 188, actually. Wow. Minus, so, minus 188. Exact reason, Pies. I, I think his scrambling ability is probably underrated by, by by the public. I think that the striking is where, you know, people see Brazilian names, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, all that kind of stuff. And they think, oh, he's not going to be able to strike. Oh, Anthony is a beast. But... You know, I think against Bobby Green, he proved that at this level, he can definitely scramble real well and show all that stuff. So, you know, get Hernandez against the fence. Make him real tired. You've seen mm -hmm. what happens. You know, try to get him into that third round and really see what where his skills have gotten as the experienced fighter who's taken a guy like Bobby Green three rounds to a split decision kind of thing, you know? That's that's the part that I'm really, really kind of excited to see. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that either guy has, has so much opportunity and it's really going to come down to how much they execute. But also I think for a guy like Hernandez, you know, if he lands big early, he might get that power shot off, but he, if he doesn't control that energy, kid, control that energy. Yeah. And it's going to be a great one to headline the prelim card. So that wraps up the prelims for us. And we're going to dive right into the main event here. And the first one kicking off the main event is a featherweight bout. We got Alice mm. Caceres on one end. Just to quickly Kingo touch Kingo. on is that we, yeah. we don't know why, but that Chasen fight, as we suspect right now, we've already done coverage on it. It was supposed to happen. It is removed as we're recording. You know, it might have happened within the last hour or two. We don't really know, but <laughs> just to throw that out there, it just disappeared off the cards. We don't know why, so we're not going to throw it another blurb on it. But carry on, my boy. <laughs> yeah, and in the case that it does pop back up, you know, you can go check out that video. It's there. You know, we've already done the preview for this one. So, you know, this fight has me excited based on nicknames, man. These are some great nicknames, man. I was dying at Bruce Leroy. Like, dying. That is a great nickname. And Kevin Kroom, no joke either. The hard-hitting hillbilly, man. So I'm good. To touch I love these. it. To I love it. These. Bruce Lee is one of my favorite ones of all time. And to be honest, he actually owns that yellow suit. You know, the yellow suit that Bruce Lee wears with the black stripe yeah. on. He has the exact yeah. suit and he used to wear it out. It's funny because he's from that tough season with Michael Johnson. And that was one of my favorite ones of all time. And he's actually one of the greatest characters to come out of that. Remember there's like uh, documentaries on street fighters and street videos. Like Jorge Masvidal is in a documentary about Data mm -hmm. 5000 and, and uh, our boy uh, Kimbo. And so is Caceres. So like these guys are all from that same oh, wow. scene of the like Strada, Florida, sorry, Strada, Florida. That's what they should call street fighting in Florida. Strada. <laughs> so uh, Florida street fighting scene. And, and yeah, they both are kind of looking good. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. I, yeah, I had no idea, man. Just, you know, looking into him, you know, he's on a bit of a hot streak, one, three in a row. And man, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Did, did cutting that fro give him that last submission, man? Allow him to get in there real quick. Is that, I, I hadn't seen no submission from him before. I know, right? And, and that's the thing. Like, he's so creative, man. Like, I love his energy. He's always smiling. You know, I think that he's hella underrated. He's Him and Michael Johnson have, like, similar records in a weird, weird way. I, I'm not going to give him the same credit for some of the guys that Michael Johnson has lost to. But when you look mm -hmm. at Caceres' record, it's just, like, it's, it's a little misleading, I believe, for how good they are as actual fighters, right? And so... Yeah if you think about just how he's able to kind of stay on his, his bicycle and constantly move and, and pick his shots and, and use the kicks and, and even strikes and he his scrambling abilities is, is amazing. He could sit on your back for the entire round if you want him to. Yeah, he definitely could. And like you said, that mm -hmm. versatility, 
that ability in his game is crazy. It's going to be crazy for Kroom to deal with. I think this is another level of beast for him. His debut was insane. I mean, granted, it was uh, finished as a no contest, you know, a little bit of that smoke smoke. But, smoke man, smoke. What, an imp- what an impressive fucking standing guillotine choke, whatever that was, man. That was crazy. Which, which was actually followed up originally by that big shot he landed. So he goes mm-hmm. in, he's faking shots, faking shots, and then boom, craps him once, and Roosevelt just falls. Like, he just drops. And he's got, he's trying to get in there with the ground and pound and just locks it up. Like, it looked great. It looked great. Yeah. I, you know, he was shocked himself. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, where do you kind of see this one going, man? Well, that's the thing, right? I, I like Kroom. What, what we saw in that little bit, I mean, you know, that whole marijuana thing in, in MMA, it is what it is. Like, I think that's going to be uh, an old story sooner or later. But for now, uh, skill-wise, he's definitely going to be a test. I think that we didn't see enough of that bicycle because he has to definitely know that Caceres, unless he, he gets finished early, is going to, you know, can constantly be able to move around like that. I think uh, getting getting the fight to the ground and maybe even just tiring him out a little bit. I, I think Bruce Leroy likes to be constantly moving and likes to dictate that kind of pace. Mm-hmm. You know, if he can keep you in front of him and have you pushing forward and just pick shots, run around, pick shots, run around, kick, kick, kick. You know, I think that he, I think he enjoys that and take it to the ground if he really cares to or wants to. Uh, that's what he's going to be looking for. And with Kroom, it's like, you know, just get it against the fence, calm this kid down. You know, he, he's, he's just he's just going to keep running and he's going to keep landing. So I think just, you know, calming him down, dictating that pace, you know, don't play to his pace if it's just not the way you want to see the fight going. Because I think in that Roosevelt fight, he showed that proudness. Right. And then I think that it's a different fight now. I, I really believe mm-hmm. that these are going to be styles that match up a lot better. I think Roosevelt Roberts might be that guy that get, has that feeling out process and, and really gets into his motions and really picks it up as the fight rolls on. Not really what you want to see from these kind of guys, because like the moment they feel what they're feeling, they seem to do quite well, very well. And mm-hmm. the Chase Hooper uh, upset is massive, yeah. right? Like that's where massive. Bruce Lee were almost came out of his shell. I think that was massive, massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one that kind of stood out to me as well. Um, and so, you know, let's, let's dive into the lines here. Who do you see being the favorite here and kind of by how much? Kind of what I, I, what I saw there, I, it's just like that the, the win streak is going to finally give this kid a bit of dues that he requires. And I think it's going to speak from the devils in red as well. And so we're going to go with that minus 200. Uh, I just don't see that it, it can be much more than that, but also I'm going to give him that respect of that three fight win streak and the experience that he has, because I know what Kroom can do, but uh, I just think that it's going to speak volumes to the public. Man, I, I I wanted to you know play some sort of devil's advocate here or something, but minus two hundred was my lean as well. So you know maybe Let's I'll it, uh, I'll boost that up. I'll boost that up a little bit. Maybe I'll go minus two fifty. The power of pies compels you. The power of pies compels you. <laughs> this man straight throwing exorcism at me. <laughs> no, I'm talking to Vegas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, dude. It actually is in between what our two guesses was, man. Minus 225 for Caceres here. Wow, that's beautiful. So, again, it goes to show in terms of analysis there, it really lines up with experience, with win record, and and recency bias, and all that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's I guess, one of those ones you can say that we've learned to pick fairly well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that takes us into our next bout. It is another rescheduled bout that we've touched on before. Pedro Munez takes on Jimmy Rivera in this bantamweight bout. Uh, what do you want to touch on here apart from what we've already touched yeah, on? Yeah, like let's have a quick little pal just how beautiful and wonderful these guys are, right? Like I'm just happy that we get to watch the fight again. Jimmy Rivera, as a personal note, I just, I love the guy. I think that he had a nice mm-hmm. little tune-up fight at featherweight. He's coming back down to bantamweight. Man, he looked good against Peter Jan. Peter Jan's the champion. So yeah. I think I think, I think think Jimmy Rivera has all the tools to, to be a champion. It's just, it's always about who's in your way, right? And the skills that you have to face. Pedro Munoz was 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 rising rising these are volume strikers these are guys that have beautiful takedown defense they they are not taking this fight to the ground you know what i mean so no. we're gonna watch two guys very much trade i think volume Throw enhanced blows. yeah and i think volume enhanced and things like that you're gonna see jimmy do a lot more of the work but pedro munoz is gonna be creative he's gonna use those strikes he's like kicks i mean like he's gonna i think leg kicks things like that slow jimmy down because he's gonna be that bulldog bro my man my man is a bulldog mm-hmm. and he will strike the entire fight he can go 10 rounds i'm sure of it but it, it's just like <laughs> That's the what's what Trump against. Yeah, it's it's funny that you know I, that kind of stood out to me. I rewatched that Frankie Edgar fight, and yeah, mm-hmm. man, like he's he's willing to just dish him out even if he's taking him. And that was a close one, mm-hmm. man. That that one really could have gone either way. 
Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Split decision right there against Frankie. We saw where Frankie's at right now, and it's like, you know, you, you fought a very good version of Frankie, and, and you know what, man? It, 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 you, you look great, but this is also now, like, the new breed kind of thing. Like, it's just like... Mm -hmm. These guys are all going to have to face uh, Corey at some point in their lives. Like Aljamain, like these are all the guys that are in this division that are, you know, I guess the cream of the crop of the next five to 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you, you have to dictate. It's just like the heavyweight division. We talk about it, right? There's so much like sustenance when it comes to these older guys being able to at least get that one win or two wins to keep themselves relevant because they all have this name to stay attached right and you have a few of those guys now that are lingering in the ufc and i don't even want to use that word that's a terrible word to use because they're so elite right like that's a terrible word to use they're they belong and it's just now yeah. you're it, it, it's starting to kind of dwindle down because now the young boys are just becoming they're they're, they're, they're blossoming and now yeah. you just you kind of have to give those edges there and jimmy rivera is one of those guys so if, if pedro munoz can can prove that those you know that the, the, the loss to Frankie was was definitely you know a fluke and that should have been his. I think the kicks, you know, even switching it up a little bit. I think I think Rivera's always ready for that wrestling. The takedown defense, like we said, is perfect on both sides at this level. So mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we can move on from the lines here. There's no actual official line out for this, and you know, this fight was supposed to take place last weekend at mm -hmm. Usman Burns and Usman Burns. <laughs> I believe that line was Jimmy Rivera at a minus 150. I, I, I don't see a reason why this would change. And I think it only increased to a minus 163, which is not by much as, as we've seen okay. these live lines go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you are looking for a little bit more technical aspect on this one, go check out last week's card. We have the full preview there. All right. And so that takes us into our next fight. We got uh, Randy Brown versus Alex Oliveira. Should be a great one. You know, Randy, he was looking good in that last fight. He, he, he caught a mm. knee to the face up against the fence, man. And, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was really looking dominant in that one. But uh, lo and behold, he wasn't protecting himself and, and caught that. His head was down, caught that mm. low knee to the face. So looking forward to seeing him adjust there. Uh, Alex Oliveira, same thing, you know, that uh, that guillotine choke, man, by uh, Shavkat. I, I rewatched that one. And, man, yo. The way he executed that sweep while he had it to get him down, oh, man. That was disgusting. Yeah. disgusting. That was sick. So good. So good. So. <laughs> yeah, so that lines up beautifully for this Walter Waite bout. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, give, give us a little bit more on this one. The one thing that kind of, first of all, stood out to me is the size difference. Man. Yeah, yeah. Three versus 5'11". That's a big boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, right? Because Oliveira likes to use his kicks as well, right? We call him Brazilian Cowboy. Funny enough, the closest thing to a WWE <laughs> match in the UFC ever was, you know, American Cowboy versus, you know, Brazilian Cowboy. And it was like the lose, rest, the lose, the hat kind of thing. So it was like the Cowboy match. It's, it's funny enough. I, I, I think that the, the, the length, it's like... It's like the legs. I, I think you're gonna see Randy Brown wear that frame. Like he he keeps like a very uh, wide stance. Like I think he likes to have that power and use those kicks kind of thing. The cardio and things like that are gonna be tough, right? I think Charles Rivera is an elite striker. I think, you know, he's a fan favorite. All those kinds of things, but. He's a survivor too, right? He knows how to win fights. I think he's been able to show perseverance and resilience in many fights. The thing about Randy Brown, you touched on, you know, the Vincent Luque fight. I I personally think Vincent Luque is like elite, elite. I, I love the mm -hmm. striking. You know, he's out of he's out of a really good camp now too, right? So at the end of the day, Randy Brown fought a very, very good fighter and and, and came up short. You know, it is who it, it is who it is, if you will. So <laughs> I think the length is going to be a little bit more canceled up from a striking perspective. I think you're going to see him weird in the legs. I think he's going to be able to kind of reach a little bit, but you don't want to reach too much against a guy like Charles. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the leg mm. kicks should, should work really well for him. But I think if you allow Randy Brown to kind of, you know, understand uh, like the opponent and, and time his shots and be able to kind of break things down, get up against the fence. It's, it's the part that kind of nullifies any offense that Charles Rivera can really do, because I think mm. the moment, he either senses sorry what I know, you trust? Boy. know you oh. love your boy <laughs> Ooh, i'm so sorry i'm so that's so good oh oh i'm just <laughs> my little bleach blonde hair little beautiful boy um 
<laughs> I uh, yeah, I just I just love I just love the the the, the early signs of, of what he showed us in the UFC, right? You saw a guy who who picked the shots, who who really attacked the body with his kicks. Those were the things that really made him a damaging fighter. So again, a guy like Randy Brown, you know, maybe test that body with those powerful kicks. I think that's gonna be a little bit of a ticket to success for him. We love the takedown defense. That's how we know. You know, 60% Oliveira, 71% Randy Brown. Guess what we're going to see, ladies and gentlemen? Most likely a little bit of a bang. I think that both guys have the skill to at least switch it up if they need to, which is going to be important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, any any one of these guys can maybe even pull off a finish, but at the same time, it's it's going to come down to athleticism, cardio, and just, you know, who, who makes this, the real mistakes first? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, diving into the line, I'm going to take a stab at it. Might be completely off, but I'm going to say Randy Brown at a minus 150. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Randy Brown at a little higher rate. I'm going to just say because of age, because of, you know, what people expect to see from Randy Brown has to always play a part. And so I'm going to actually go with just maybe a a minus 175 because the devils like to cheat. Oh, like to cheat, eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you you cheating on this one or what, man? What? Ah, let's give you another showcase showdown. Where's my wow. man? Show me, show me him. Let me see. <laughs> that means you hit a little close too, though, right? Like that, that's in the range yeah. of the bing, 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 one, bing, bing. <laughs> Minus one seventy-five is the exact line for this. Wow, one. dude. Wow. <laughs> I nailed it. That's so funny. So, like, I mean, let's be real. Like, it it comes down to fundamentally the the look, right? I think he he Mm -hmm. gives the perception that he's he's going to be a very powerful fighter. I think that, like I said, I I like the way he wears that that length. But at the same time, you got to use it better. You got to be able to dictate that part of the game, like use your jab, use your length kicks. Because at the end of the day, if Oliver is able to land like good body kicks or even take this fight to the ground and maybe muster up some offense, maybe keep Mm -hmm. you tired down there, that's going to be a problem for you. So. It's going to be interesting to see because I think there are there are there are multiple ways for this fight to go. But you know, I, I Randy and, Brown, and I think it's a fair line. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so as well. And so you know, that takes us to our co-main event. I'm gonna let Siraj introduce this one because I'm this is the fight. Even with the heavyweights headlining, this is the one I'm most excited about. So I'm gonna let you introduce this one. So I mean, right now we've got the. Ankalev and Krilov fight. So I do want to actually touch on a fight before that because I don't want to get too excited for these these main and co-main events. <laughs> so we got Montana De La Rosa and Mayra Buena Silva. Oh, my bad. I missed this one. My bad. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. It's okay, buddy. He's excited. Am I? I've been huh? down this path. You know, I've been down this path. I can get tunnel vision sometimes huh? too. Charles Oliveira, hashtag... <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's, 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 let's give a little chat to like, I, I think the ground game of both these girls look pretty sweet, right? I think that when you consider what De La Rosa brought to the table, I, I think that it, you thought she might actually be able to keep more of the stand-up fight going, but she was, she was looking for those submissions pretty quickly. I was mm-hmm. a little bit surprised because, you know, I would have loved to see that, uh, Taylor Santos fight. When you think about the Myra Moraz, yes. um, uh, all these fights would have been really good for her. Uh, in terms of development, all those kinds of things, because I think that Silva looks like a killer, right? Like they both have mm-hmm. wins over Mara Barella. We've talked about Mara Barella a couple times on the show. Um, she looks like a killer when she gets the fight to the ground in a dominant position, right? Like she she got mm-hmm. that armbar pretty clean. Uh, I think that was just just so easy for her to do. She's got you know first round wins over Barella and Jillian Robertson via submission. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see like what she's going to be able to bring to a table with, with that's where i feel like I, this matchmaking is really great right like even mm-hmm. the way we broke down the last fight you have to kind of see that all these fighters seem very similar that's the thing that i i, I really love and, and it, i think that's what i enjoy about fighting right because i'm going to see a competitive match and it's like it's like almost watching a similar sport it's like watching a kickboxing match. it's like watching a boxing match because you, you have the edge of someone being able to switch up if they need to but you know, there's a fair, fair, fair chance that one of these girls are going to try to use some strikes to out point or out edge the other one if mm-hmm. they can't seem to get any offense on the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, kind of looking back at that Arugio fight with Montana, you know, Arugio really dictated the pace there. And it really seemed like Montana really wanted to slow it down, but just wasn't able to. Do you kind of see a similar thing, you know, happening here in terms of approach for Silva? 
Well, that's the thing, right? For me, it's all about top position here because both girls probably mm-hmm. have some ability to attack from the bottom. But at the end of the day, if you're if you're that confident in your in your in your striking, ground and pound, and jujitsu, it's like top position is top position, right? Even for the fight mm-hmm. to, to from a points perspective, like that's where you want to be. Unless you're really landing some serious bows or constantly going for arm bars or triangles from the bottom, it's really hard to get the fight in your favor from a judging perspective. So mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, whichever girl is able to really kind of push this up against the fence and fight for that, because, you know, chances are this spends a lot of time in the clinch, right? Girls are trying to kickbox, girls are trying to land some strikes to maybe get a leg up and sweep a girl down, those kinds of things. But it's actually where I do give Silva a bit of an edge, right? I do think she has what looks to be that Brazilian jiu-jitsu style of power. And, you know, you can be a good grappler, but then you can also be like a powerful grappler. And, you know, talking about William Knight, he showed that against Cameron. And, you know, it's a similar thing that Varela kind of saw, right? Like she thought she was winning that fight. And then out of nowhere, boom, taps. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so let's dive right into the line there. Um, you know, my, my guess has Silva as the favorite Probably not by much. I'm, I'm going to guess a minus 150. What are you going to guess here? I actually, funny enough, similar lines, right? I think you went the same line with Randy Brown. I'm going to give uh, a, a Silva a minus 170, minus 175 line again. I oh, think it's oh, pretty fair. Right. Let's check it out. Wow. It is a straight pick em. No yeah. favorite. Minus yeah, 110. I mean, Pies, we broke it down, right? Like, we literally said that these mm-hmm. girls are going to do the exact same thing. It's going to come down to who is the better striker. It's going to come down to who's the better wrestler. Like who can actually mm-hmm. get this up against the fence and gain position, maybe have to operate from, you know, top clinch, getting down to changing levels. It, it's, it's going to be a fun fight to watch if you enjoy the grappling side of things, because I think that regardless of how much they try to sell their striking, they know what they're good at. Yeah, absolutely. So going to be a great one. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to the co-main event. Give me a little intro here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, we got Nikita Karlov versus, you know, our boy, Magomed Ankalev. I think that, you know, don't you feel like Ankalev would have had way more fights? By, well, not way more fights, but that, that Ian Kutelaba situation really just staggered his career. That, that, yeah. That ridiculous... But it made me love this man. <laughs> it made me love this man, you know. He's, like, he's just that you know, quiet dude who just like, or maybe he's not, as you proved to be wrong with Fernandez, but from what I see out there in the octagon, you know, he's just a dude who goes to work, man. Kutabala was talking smack throughout, did his whole little fake mm-hmm. knockout thing. And Enklev came back and really gave it to him this time. No questions mm-hmm. on who the better fighter is here. Mm-hmm. Um, even looking at that KO of Dolce, man, like that was right. In- how is that not something i've seen a hundred times before i've seen impa i know his knockout like this was almost it, on level don't you think it comes down to like the selling of the fighter themselves i think ankalev is already mm. a very billable fighter in terms of just one of these russian beasts that are you know coming in with one loss and just just running through folks right i think from a prospect perspective i think Wookie buckley just came on the scene out of nowhere you know, he was the guy that lost to Kevin yeah. Kevin Holland True. via knockout. Um, you know, he damaged Jordan Wright. I thought that was, you know, uh, a difference of classing, in, in my opinion. I think that was just a beastly because, you know, Joaquin, Joaquin Buckley then all of a sudden met a true UFC veteran in Alessio Di Carico and, and, you know, paid that price. So mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, this is, this. you, you touched on it, right? Like, Ankalev is an absolute beast of a prospect in some ways when you're talking about a guy like Nikita Krylov, right? Because... Ooh, tell me you watched the Glover ooh, fight. Ooh, ooh. I did not, but I did watch oh, the, the that's Black the one. one. That, that a boy. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so, so the guy's a monster. And then I think the the scary part is like Ankalev, I don't know if he's seen this level of like mixed mm. martial artists at this level because I think if it goes to the ground, Krylov has a, like if he's able to kind of dictate a lot of the fight against Glover, I mean, you have to you have to tell yourself that Ankalev is in a bit of trouble as well. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is definitely going to be his toughest test yet. Really looking <laughs> forward to it. It's going to be a great one for the co Well, yeah, event. when you look at Krylov, uh, right? Like, he actually... Think about that loss, how good he looked. He looked in great shape. Mm. He, he actually took some rounds. Like, that was a very close fight. And he looked so good that... Coming out of the fight against Glover, we talk about these losses that are not real losses. They're like experience fights, right? He goes on and absolutely, you know, destroys Johnny Walker in a unanimous decision because, frankly, 
Fucking it, great it, name too, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it, it just it goes to show that the experience pays off, right? Like that was a big, mm-hmm. big, big name prospect who could have just used you as a stepping stone, and and you prove that that that's not the case. And Ankalev mm-hmm. is is about to have a similar position, and I think there's a lot to say about the striking and stuff like that. But man, you cannot write off Krylov in this fight, in my opinion. Uh, you know, do you foresee the the winner of this fight, you know, maybe getting a title shot soon or? Oh, or even like- oh I think that's a little tough to say. I think for me, the, the thing about these fighters is like, there's billable fighters, then there's like fighters who earn the shot. Right. And unfortunately we live in a time where mm-hmm. uh, billable fighters get more opportunity than, uh, the fighters that might deserve it sometimes, you know, it's not, I don't think it's, it's a matter of, you know, not deserving it and things like that. I just think that at the end of the day, certain people have been around in terms of, you know, last opportunity or just bigger names, things like mm-hmm. that. Things like Benil Darius, think about where he should be right now when you really yeah. think about it. Right. So I think in that sense, you have, you have, you have the people to throw into that realm. If you need to kind of thing, you know, Jan mm-hmm. is a great example, right? Jan is going to have to take on the middleweight champion with his belt <laughs> to get a really big fight out of it and good for him he gets the adesanya yeah. fight right that's how you have to look mm-hmm. at it because he's yeah. not going down and fight a middleweight because at middleweight there's a bunch of guys waiting for adesanya and there's probably billable yeah. guys that can use at middleweight so it's a really interesting process where if you're the yawn in that situation it's like oh good d bring it on baby right like that, that's kind of how you yeah. take it so i think that's where they will definitely be in line. I think Anklev might be able to make that 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 chance happen. I think the mm-hmm. loss to Glover is an issue. Glover's my guy, right? Glover, Glover. Oh, Glover I, I think I think if if you going back to what I was just saying, right? Like if there's a guy you want to just kind of, you know, if I had to give a shot to a guy in terms of you know earning it over time and, and finally being in a position where he's kind of seen it, I mean, why not give it a Glover, right? Let's talk about it. Corey Anderson last loss 2018. Since then. Carl Robertson, finish. Arm triangle, round one. Ian Kutelaba, round two, rear naked. Krylov, split decision. He goes into a grappling boat against Jake Shields and gets a draw. Are you kidding me? Goes into a five-round fight against Anthony Smith and finishes him with ground and pound in the fifth round. Goes in against Thiago Santos and beats him in a round three rear naked. Guys, the guy is is the most deserving. But, you know, let this happen. I believe that Glover deserves the next shot at, at, at light heavyweight, mm-hmm. but we'll see how that goes. Because if I had backing for my little rant there earlier, wouldn't you say Glover's the guy? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, let's uh, let's dive right into the lines here. What's your guess here, my man? Uh, let's go with... Uh... Whew. I'm going to go with ankle level minus 275. I think that's a little high, but I think Vegas will play that. Damn, I might be just way, way, way off on this no, one. No, maybe you are. I mean, I, I saw it being pretty close. I was going to give Ankalev maybe a, a minus 140, but I, I honestly didn't think it was mm-hmm. much. And let's see how wrong I really am. <laughs> well, I think these are Vegas lines, so I'm hoping that they just think he's a massive favorite. Woo! We were both off, man. Ankalev is a minus 335. Yeah, but see, I, that's what I'm trying to say. You're right? in the realm. You're in the realm. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I, I'm not, like, again, I I know Vegas. I know the devil's work. That's all I'm saying. It's just, mm-hmm. that's not something I, I care to make, you know, uh, a skill of any kind that's billable in, in the grand scheme of things. But I do <laughs> think that has, like, in terms of, you know, Ankalev is pretty hype. There's a lot of hype behind mm. this man. And, and and I think Krylov has some dog value in there because I can't believe after putting on a split decision against the hottest fighter at light heavyweight, he is being considered that Maybe big of a dog. Minus, or plus if you are in the business of that world, <laughs> I would be looking at a... Salt bay that shit, man. <laughs> All right, and so that takes us into the main event. You know, I feel about these heavyweights, so I'm pumped about this one. Massive. We got uh, Cyril Gain on one side, and I'm going to try this guy's name, but it's uh, Harizno. Harizno? Is that how you say it? Jerzino Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck, I can do. You know, it's that first name that got me. How do you say it? Zerzino. Zerzino. All right. I know the J was silent, but uh, yeah. So you you know, 
couple of really powerful dudes, man. I'm really excited about this one. Cyril Gain, I mean, you, you talk about a dude making his way up the ranks. That's the definition of it, man. This guy's uh-huh. willing to take on whoever. And, man, just seeing the versatility in his game, man. I rewatched that JDS fight, and, geez, man, that was something else. You know, JDS was doing everything he could to try and dictate that fight and that pace and Gain just kept him at a distance with those leg mm-hmm. kicks you know mm-hmm. and then picked his spot picked his moment to just go mm-hmm. in there and get it man mm-hmm. he's a great example of that perfect french kickboxer right he's he's mm-hmm. got the he's got such a billable look like he's he's just a beast waiting to get unleashed but in this fight, right? Like, I think that's what Rosenstruck brings to the table. I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. He just happened to lose to another beast via knockout. And I think that just goes to show how good Francis Nagano's power Nagano is. Nagano really is. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's the power is just too consistent. That's the thing I have to say about it. Because, like, the only way to beat it is to completely avoid it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta be an incredibly good boxer. Roll with the punches that do land. Use head movement and footwork to avoid, you know, any big shots to the head. Power punch. Like it's just, it's, it's elite. It's elite. It's elite level shit. And the only person mm-hmm. to really do it was Stephen Miocic. And my boy Derek Lewis in his own way. Whether it was mental game, you know, voodoo shit. Nobody cares. A win's a win. <laughs> so. The way I see this is you got technical striker in Cyril Gann, but then also, you know, Rosenstruck proved in, 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 you know, the last few fights that not only is cardio there, like the way that Overeem fight went, I think that his ability to not give up, his ability to not rush in, his ability to literally take on who was considered the most technical heavyweight striker on the planet with relative ease. I think he dictated pace the whole time and, and almost chose to just go for it in that fifth round and landed absolute clean. Dropped him clean. Mm-hmm. Referee was like, sorry, Overeem. I can't let this go on. And, <laughs> and, and, and the fight was over. So that's where I, I think that Rose proved the most to me. I just, I mm-hmm. love watching him go for that long and prove that he can keep that power for that long. That's what you want to kind of see from heavyweights. That's going to be the next generation. Yeah. And like you said, man, he's touched on all the top competition, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. kind of seen it all. So, you know, that versatility and experience is going to be relatively new for Cyril in a main event, you know? And I love, and I'm loving the fact that we're going to get to see him fight in a five round fight too. We got to see, you know, Rosenstruck take part uh, at Overeem in those five rounds, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a great, 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 you know, opportunity for Gan to prove that, you know, he's ready for five rounds in general, but then also go with the guy that we've already seen, prove that he can go five rounds at a very, very good heavyweight pace and, you know, volume, if you will. Mm-hmm. His, his nickname, man, it makes me laugh. It reminds me of that Maniscalco skit where his dad's like, oh, Biggie Shot. We got Biggie yeah, Shot. Yeah, He's Biggie like, shot. Oh, we got Biggie Boy. We got Biggie Boy. <laughs> 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 Cracks me up every time I see it. So, you know, let's, let's do a little bit of guessing the lines here. Who do you see as the favorite by how much? Yo, this one's the hardest one. I, I honestly, it's it's very, very tough for me because I, I put it as, you know, technical kickboxer versus like very good MMA striker. Like he's just proven to be a great kick, a great boxer. I just love the strikes. I, if, I'm going to just go with uh, Rosenstruck at a minus 120. Let's just throw that out there. We've done well. All today. right. My, I mean, my, my initial lean was gain at, at about a minus 150. But again, complete shot in the dark. Nothing mm-hmm. here would surprise me. Let's see. Um, let's let's check out. You you line. nailed it best. It was the experience for me that kind of led that line. So let's see what it says. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Not what I was expecting. Zero gain is a minus two seventy five favorite. Yeah. yeah, I think he's the real deal. I think people see mm-hmm. what he brings to the table. And again, man, we just talked about it. The look. I think that the look plays a part in what the devils decide to do in their business. Mm-hmm. And I think that in this case, you know, Rosenstruck doesn't look the part, but like I said, he went five <laughs> rounds with Overeem and, and yeah. then he knocked him out in and the fifth round. This guy's name could be Cyril Bain. I would not be surprised. You know, he's such a beast. How he didn't keep that nickname and come up with the mask for his fights, I don't understand, but oh Cyril, my God. Cyril Bain what, God. What fear that would instill. It's funny because you went Bane Gain and it's actually Cyril Gan, but it's okay. We'll we'll, we'll call it we'll call it Bon Gun. French, it's French Bane. The French version, man. The yeah, French, French, version. French Bane, right here. French Bane. We'll get a meme All made of that. Right. 
so that wraps up ufc vegas 20 if you haven't already done so hit that subscribe button hit that bell button all our instagram twitter all that good stuff is there give us a follow give us a tweet shoot us a message whatever floats your boat peace